Thank you. Good morning. I'd like to start off first of all by thanking Pastor Kapan for asking me to stand up here and preach, and thank you for all of you who uh, have come. Welcome, visitors. Um, thank you for those who still came, even though you knew that I was preaching. Um, I caught Brother Jim on his way out the door. I think he saw me and couldn't get out of it, but uh, thank you for coming back. So. Um, and thank you also to Latham Bible Baptist Church for allowing me to be here. So I'd like you, um, if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 14. In the Old Testament, if you have, uh, if you find the one and two books, they're all clustered together. 1st, 2nd Samuel, 1st, 2nd uh, Kings, 1st, 2nd Chronicles. 2nd Chronicles chapter 14. And this morning, what I'd like to do is take a look at the life of one of the kings of Israel, King Asa. Asa is the fifth king in the line of David. He's a king in Jerusalem. At this time in the nation of uh, Israel, the, the kingdom is divided. And you have the northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah. And uh, <clears throat> Asa, he reigns for 41 years. He's the son of Abijam, who reigned in Jerusalem for three years. Abijam is the son of Rehoboam, who reigned for 17 years. And Rehoboam, of course, is the son of Solomon, who reigned 40 years. And, of course, Solomon is the son of David who reigned 40 years. So we're in this time in history, we're about, probably about 60 or so years after um, the reign of David. Uh, <clears throat> and of course, we have this theme in the uh, life of the nation of Israel. We have this theme where the nation of Israel, they get right with God and they follow God and God blesses them and he gives them rest and then they stop following God and then he punishes them and kind of like Myself, you know, we follow God for a while and then all of a sudden things happen um, that get in the way and we kind of steer away from him. But praise the Lord, we have a God that is um, forgiving and, and wanting us to come to him. So what I'd like to do this morning is talk a little bit about, like I said, the life of Asa. And one of the reasons I chose Asa is because he's one of the few kings that did right in the sight of the Lord as his father, David. And we know David had his issues, don't get me wrong. But the Bible reckons David in 1 Kings chapter 5. It says this about him in verse 4 and 5. Nevertheless, for David's sake did the Lord his God give him a lamp in Jerusalem to set up, him, to set up his son after him and to establish Jerusalem, Jerusalem because David did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and turned not aside from anything that he commanded for all the days of his life, save only in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. So, David was someone that always, he made a lot of bad choices, but he turned always back to the God of his fathers, and that was what made him special. He desired to have God. And if you notice the songs that we sang this morning so far, they all have a desire, us wanting uh, more of the Lord, needing him every hour. So you're there in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 14. Look at um, the, verse number 2 and what the Bible says about King Asa. Verse number 2, And Asa did that which was, notice this, good, and right in the eyes of the Lord. And don't get me wrong, we're going to learn a little bit about Asa and his life, and we're probably going to be wondering, is this really right and good in the sight of the Lord? Um, but this morning, I'd like to share with you four points, if I could. Now, I would encourage you to take notes. On the back of your bulletin, there's a place for you to copy notes if you don't have a baby or a small infant on your, on your lap. I'm going to encourage you to take notes. And what I'd like to do today is just, in a title that I... The title of this sermon, what I had is, Where Has the Desire Gone? We spoke about, we sang some songs about having desire, but where has that desire gone? 
The definition of desire, looked it up in dictionary.com, strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. Today I'd like to focus on a part of the definition that speaks on having something or wanting something. I mean, we all have desires. We have desires for ourselves. We have desires for our families, for our children. We want those children to do things that we probably would desire. I mean, I wanted to play football when I was a kid, and that obviously didn't happen. You know, I wanted my kids to do the same. Um, they probably could. They run a lot faster than I do. But some of our desires also may not necessarily line up with the Word of God. What do I mean by that? Well, what I mean that sometimes our desires... We don't necessarily desire God every hour, every moment of our lives. Though we should, we know Christianity, Christianity teaches that we should. Um, we can do all things, right, through Christ which strengthens us. But sometimes we have desires that don't really line up with the Word of God, don't really... Um, and I'm not saying that all of them are bad. I mean, if you desire a nice home, nice vehicle, those are things to, to have that we should, we should de certainly desire to, to do. But they, they, we also have desires that might not be pleasing um, to God. A nation of Israel, when they desired God, God was with them. God fought for them. God stood up for them. God protected them. And then when that desire went away, man, they had a lot of things going on. A lot of things went wrong. Um, captivity, they were, they were overtaken. Things happened that was just brutal. So our desires should always be, obviously, for the things of God. So I have four points to share with you this morning. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to write them down. Point number one is this. The right desire helps us do right with God. The right desire helps us do right with God. So you there in 2 Chronicles. Let's read verses 1 through 8 uh, real quickly. So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and Asa his son reigned in his stead. In his days the land was quiet ten years, and Asa again did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. For he took away the altars and the strange gods and the high places and break down the images and cut down the groves and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. Also he took away all of the cities of Judah, the high places, the images, the kingdom was quiet for him. And he built fenced cities in Judah for the land had rest. And he had no war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore he said to Judah, let us build these cities and make about them walls and towers, gates and bars, while the land is yet before us, because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought him, and he has given us rest on every side, so they built and prospered. And Asa had an army of men that bear targets and spears out of Judah, 300,000, and out of Benjamin that bear shields and drew bows, 200,000 and fourscore thousand. All these were mighty men of valor. So the right desire helps us do right with God, and we'll notice that when he does right, he removes the things that's gotten in the way of God. Look at verse 3 again. For he took away the altars of the strange God in the high places and break down the images and cut down the groves and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. The right desire helps us get rid of the things that get in the way of God. Now, for me, I know that I've allowed um, things to get in my way and sometimes still get in the way of God. Things that might not necessarily be a bad thing, but things that might take away my time away from reading the Bible, from my morning time with him. Things that might take me away from my wife, uh, my kids, or, or the ministry of this church. Again, not necessarily bad things, but when they got right, they knew they need to serve God. 
So what happens when we do right? He was also able to build and have rest. Look at verse number six. And he built fenced cities in Judah, for the land had rest and had no wars in those years because the Lord hath given him rest. And that reminds me of, um, of Jesus when he's talking in Matthew chapter 11. He gives us rest. In chapter 11 and verse 28, the Bible says that, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take, up, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So when we do right, we find ourselves in good rest with God. When he does right, when Asa does right, he's able to build and to prosper. Notice verse number seven again. Therefore he said unto Judah, let us build these cities, and make about them walls and, t- and towers, gates and bars, while the land is yet before us. Don't miss it, because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought him, and he hath given us rest on every side. So they built, and they prospered. In those times when we seek the Lord, we desire God, we, we don't probably realize it all the time, but we're building ourselves up in prayer, through the word of God, through the preaching of his word, coming to services. By being in fellowship with fellow believers, right? It's good to come in fellowship with other believers. But sometimes when we work through the week, we might not be around fellow believers. So it's good to be encouraged, right? It's good to be built up. When we have the right desire towards God, we too shall prosper. Keep your finger there in Second Chronicles, if you would. That's our text for this morning. And turn with me to the book of Psalms. If, you have second, if you're in Second Chronicles there, you have Ezra. Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms. The book of Psalms, chapter 1. When you get there, put a finger or a bookmark in the book of Psalms also, because we're going to leave it and we'll come back to it. So you should have your place in uh, two places, Second Chronicles 14 and also the book of Psalms. We're going to give our fingers a little bit of exercise this morning, if that's okay. Um, Psalm number 1. Psalm number 1, verse 1, the Bible reads this. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Notice it said blessed is that man that doesn't do those things, right? He prospers. Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, notice, shall prosper. Go down to Psalm 92, Psalm 92, a few pages down to your right. When we have the right desire, we too can build ourselves up. In Psalm 92, take a look at verse number 13. Psalm 92, verse 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. That's being built up. We're flourishing now. We're being built up in God. Verse 14. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Again, building up, having rest. To show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. We rest on him, right? And there is no unrighteousness in him. The right desire helps us do right with God. To go back to Second Chronicles 
uh, 14. Not only does the right desire help us do right with God, but number two, the right desire helps us in our dilemma. The right desire helps us in our dilemma. Look at verses 9 through 12. Verses 9 through 12, excuse me just a second. Let's look at Asa's dilemma. In verse number 9, we'll see a dilemma that Asa has now. And they came out against, against them Zerah the Ethiopian with an host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots and came to Mauritia. Then Asa went out against him and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zephathah at Mauritia. The dilemma now is that there's an army of a thousand thousand. That's a million people. That's a million men or warriors that's coming against Asa. And remember, Asa already has, he probably has, uh, what is it, about 580,000, I think it was, 300,000 from Jerusalem, a couple hundred thousand in, in Benjamin. So he's outnumbered two to one at this point. In our lives, do we have a dilemma that's going on in our lives right now that may be in the way of God's desire for us? Perhaps maybe you feel like you're, you're outnumbered. Perhaps maybe you feel like um, right now we, we don't know what to do or how to go about it. How do, how, do, how do I get out of this mess? How do I get out of this, this thing that I'm in? I feel like I'm sinking. In his dilemma, Asa asks God for help. Let's look at it in verse number 11. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God. Let no man prevail against thee. Do me a favor, you're there in Second Chronicles. Just flip back a couple of, couple of books to First Kings chapter 8. First Kings chapter 8, because we'll, we'll notice King David and Solomon both ask God to hear their prayers. And he's asking that God would hear and help him. While you turn there, I'll read from Psalm 4, 1, where David says, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress, when he was in dilemma. God enlarged him. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. David is calling for God to hear his prayer. 1 Kings chapter 8, I don't know, apologize if I didn't tell you chapter 8 there. Um, 1 Kings chapter 8, look down at verse 28. <clears throat> verse 28. Yet have, this is Solomon speaking, this is after he built the temple for the Lord his God, and now he's praying to God and he's asking him. Yet have thou respect, in verse number 28, unto the prayer of thy servant and to his supplication. O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and to the prayer which thy servant prayeth before thee today, that thine eyes may be open toward this house night and day, even toward the place of which thou hast said, My name shall be there, that thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place. This is the prayer to be heard by notice, Solomon. Now look at verse 30. And hearken thou to the supplication of thy servant, and notice it, and to thy people, Israel. Now he's, he's asking for God to hear everyone. When they shall pray towards this place, 
and hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and when thou hearest, forgive. A prayer for the Lord to hear not only ourselves, but also the people of God. The Lord hears his prayers and he answers, he answers him back. If you uh, just turn one page, chapter 9 in 1 Kings. Look at verse number 3 in chapter 9 of 1 Kings. And the Lord said unto him, I have, notice it, heard thy prayer and thy supplication that thou hast made before me. I have hallowed this house which thou hast built to put my name there forever and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. God is saying, I hear you. Asa asks for help. God is hearing him. We ask for help. God is hearing us in our dilemmas. Go back to Second Chronicles 14. What happens with Asa? What Asa, he acts, God answers. Back in Second Chronicles 14, look down at verse number 12. <clears throat> so the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa, and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. The Lord fights for him and his people. He protected them. He answered. He got rid of the Ethiopians. Remember, they were outnumbered two to one. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Keep your finger there, of course. Go to uh, Matthew chapter 7. First book in the New Testament. Should be fairly easy to find. Matthew chapter se 7. The Lord fights for us too. The, lo the Lord fights for us too. While you turn to Matthew 7, I'll read for you from 1 John 5 and verse 14. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. You go to Matthew chapter 7. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything... According to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. If we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Matthew chapter 7, are you there? God hears us. And we can also ask God for help. Look at verse 7. This is Jesus talking here. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. I love that. Ask, seek, knock. That spells ask. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Why does Jesus say ask? Because he hears us. Why does, why does he say it shall be given to you? Because he's answering us. Why does it say that everyone that asks receives? Because he's waiting to give. He's waiting for us to ask. Go back to 2 Chronicles. We'll look at chapter 15 now in 2 Chronicles. So we said, number one, the right desire helps us do right with God. Number two, the right desire helps us in our dilemmas. And number three, the right desire allows us to keep our defense up. The right desire allows us to keep our defense up. You're back on uh, Second Chronicles. Look at uh, chapter 15, verse number one. <clears throat> this is after God delivers Asa. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went, to, he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. 
Notice what he says. When you do right, listen, this is what he says. When you do right, the Lord is with you. While ye be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if, but if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now for a long season, Israel has been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But when they in their trouble, when they had a dilemma, did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times, there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in, but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the, of the countries. And the nation was destroyed of nation, God defending. He's destroying nation that gets in the way of Israel. He's defending. And city of city. And God did vex them with all adversity. He brings the trouble to them. Verse 7, Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak for your work, shall be rewarded. Sometimes our desires, we don't see any results. We don't see any, any fruit. Maybe it's not time for that yet. Maybe we're still working. Maybe God is still working in us to do something, to change something, harvesting us, pulling out roots that, that we still have in our hearts. That hurts. If you ever plant, uh, my wife plants, we plant uh, vegetables and such, and sometimes she replants things. They don't, they don't live. They die. But sometimes when we replant, it grows. It grows fuller. It grows more. So it all depends on where we're at. God defends. God defends. God is with Asa. He defends him. Look at verse number 1 in chapter 15. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear ye me, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you. God is with us. Sometimes we just need to be reminded, you know what? God is with you. It's a dry season of my life. God is with you. There's no rain. God is with you. If you seek him, he will be found of you. If you forsake him, he will forsake you. God is also with us. Hold your place there and turn with me to Isaiah. If you kept your place in Psalms, you'll have Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Songs of Solomon, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40. While you turn there, I'll read for you from Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13 and verse 5, the Bible says this. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be ye content with such things as, you, as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, the Lord is my defense. And I will not fear what, what man shall do unto me. Why? Not worried about it. God is with me. God is my defense. Isaiah chapter 40, look down at uh, verse 28. Familiar verses, we know them already, but we'll take a look at them. Verse 28. Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the eagles as, as eagles, with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You see our defense. He's our defense. He gives us the strength. Turn back with me to Second Chronicles uh, 15. <clears throat> How about the reminder in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5? 
There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. God is with us. He defends us. you back in uh, 2 Chronicles 15. Asa takes courage. He takes courage in his God. Look at verse number 8. Verse number 8. And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Oded, the prophet, he took notice, courage, and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. He got rid of everything that got in the way of God. He, take, he took courage, but he took courage in what? The word of God. The same as we can do. Verse 9, And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon, for they fell to him out of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord God was with them. We also can take courage. Remember, Joshua 1.9 says this. He reminds God in, in, in Joshua chapter 1, God reminds Joshua four different times. In verse 9, he says, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And what happens? What happens at this point now? They're following God. They're doing the right things. Well, now the people, notice the people started desiring God. It wasn't just Asa that cried out to God. Now he's getting everyone around him to call upon God. Look at verse 12. 2 Chronicles 15, verse 12. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart, with all their soul, that whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, whether men or women. Notice they separated themselves from those who didn't want to seek God. Sometimes when our desire kind of goes astray, we tend to favor those that are not necessarily in church, taking counsel from those maybe that we probably shouldn't be. But he gets people also to start to follow God. Verse 14, And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting and with trumpets and with cornets. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with all their whole, don't miss it, desire. And he was found of them. And the Lord gave them rest round about. When we have the right desire toward God, we will seek to be around the people of God. And one of the things I love about being here at Latham Bible is we have services three times a week. Oh, you people go to church three times a week? Yes, we do. Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night. And that's not all of it. Usually there's always something going on, some feast or having fellowship with, with, with dinner and friends and things like that. We do that. Why? Because we want to be surrounded with the people of God. We get encouragement from that. It helps our desires. You know, sometimes if you tell someone that doesn't understand God's will and you tell them your desire, as soon as you say, don't you feel like, oh man, I shouldn't have said that one. Why? Because they're going to trample on your desires. They're not going to understand. But it's nice when we have brothers and sisters who do understand that. When we have the right desire towards God, we'll seek to, to be around the people of God. God desires that we know him. So not only the people desired God, but God desires that we know him. In um, turn to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. You've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. God desires that we know him. 
Hosea 6.6 6 says this, For I desired mercy, not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. God wants us to know him. <clears throat> he wants us to desire him. He says also in Joel 2, verse 12, Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and mourning and rend your heart and not your garments and turn unto the Lord your God for he is gracious. He's merciful. He's slow to anger and of a great kindness and repenteth him of the evil. We also can stand in God's defense. He shows us how. And these verses again, very familiar verses. But notice in, verse, in chapter 6 of Ephesians, verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. That's our defense. The armor is what? It's to defend someone when they go into war. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having all, done all, to stand. When we take off the armor, though, we're defenseless. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. When we take the, 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 the loins girt about us with truth, we have no truth. We can't be ready to give an answer. And having the breastplate of righteousness, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, what happens when we take that off? Well, the Bible says that the heart is deceitful, right? Above all things and desperately, desperately wicked, who could know it? We start filling ourselves with things that don't necessarily need to be there. Verse 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We have our feet ready to walk, ready to preach the gospel. When we don't, we're not preaching the gospel. We're not going to have a desire to share with others the desire to have God. Verse 16, above all, take the shield of faith. The shield is what? He tells us. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We don't have the shield. Guess what? All those darts are coming at us. Men, fathers, husbands, you better believe those darts are coming twofold for us. 17, and take the helmet of salvation, and, right? The helmet, we don't take our helmet of salvation, what happens? We get filled with all sorts of thoughts that have nothing to be up there. Thoughts of things that are in the past, things that we're, people are not even thinking, that we're thinking, oh, what are, what are they thinking over there about? What are they saying? No one's even saying anything. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying. Reading. The best weapon we have against anything of this world is the Word of God. This is the truth. If we don't have it, we can't defend ourselves. God has given us everything we need to defend ourselves. So we can stand also in God's defense. Go back to Second uh, Chronicles. <clears throat> Look at chapter 16 now. In 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 16. So we said, number one, the right desire helps us do right with God. Number two, the right desire helps us in our dilemma. Number three, the right desire allows us to keep our defense up. And number four, the wrong desire will make us make wrong decisions. The wrong desires will make us make wrong decisions. You're there... Somewhere along the line, you're there in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 16. Somewhere along the line, Asa, Asa's desire went away or changed. Something happened. He was fine. We read up to now. He's great. But now, let's see what happens. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse number 1. In the 6th and 30th year of the reign of Asa, 
Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah in the intent that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. So now he's being attacked. The northern kingdom is coming against him. Then Asa brought out silver and gold out of the treasure of the house of the Lord and of the king's house. And he worshiped the God. Is that what it says? No. It says, and he sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, that dwelt in Damascus, saying, there is a league between me and thee, as there was between my father and thy father. Wrong decision. He went to the wrong person. Behold, I have sent thee silver and gold. Go break thy league with Basha, king of Israel, that he may depart from me. And Ben-Hadad hearkened. Well, I'm going to get paid. I might as well do it. He listened to him. Ben-Hadad hearkened unto the king Asa and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel, and they smote Ijon and Dan and Abdamin and all the stores, cities of Naphtali. His desire toward God now is gone. He decides to seek help from the ungodly. He received help, but that was a temporary fix. We don't desire the things of God. We can get help. Yeah, there's a lot of good things out there, a lot of good books to read, a lot of psychiatrists to see, a lot of good things. But they're only a temporary fix. Perhaps because he, he built up, right? He was already built up. He built himself up. Maybe perhaps now he's prideful. All right, I'm good. I don't need to lean on God anymore. I got a big house, nice car, great job. I make six figures. Eh, I don't need to go to church. I could, I could not support my brother Randy and not come tonight. Or not support my brother David and not come in this morning. Eh, pastor's not here. He's not going to know. He's not going to notice. It's easy when that happens, right? Because we can see the comfort. Our desire can get shifted. And somewhere along the line, Asa's did. Does our desire cause us to ask the wrong people for help or for counsel? And Asa gets rebuked for his wrongdoing. Look at verse 7. And at that time, Hanani, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria, and not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thy hand. Do you think that they're your friends? You watch what happens. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubans a huge host? And with many chariots and horsemen, yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. He's reminded of the great victory that God gave him. Sometimes we need to be reminded of the great victory that we're saved. What can man do to us? But we don't like rebuke sometimes. I sure don't like it. But 1 Timothy 5.20, Paul says this, Them that sin rebuke before all that others may fear that others may say you know what maybe I should go back to God God in Deuteronomy chapter 4 I think it is and I have it in my notes here but he tells the nation of Israel hey when things are good when you got the land you're getting the crops you're getting everything that you have don't forget the God that brought you there he reminds them don't 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 forget why he, he knew what was going to happen and here we see that in the life of Asa, that his desire somehow strayed along the way. And even with rebuke, he continues to make wrong decisions. Look at verse 10. 
Then Asa was wroth with the seer, and he put him in prison. For he was enraged with him because of this thing. The very people that encouraged him, remember? Now, because of his wrong decisions, his desire lost from God is the very people he's putting in prison. And Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. Verse 11, and behold, the acts of Asa first and last, lo, are they written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. Look what happens to him in the last couple of years of his life. Verse 12, and Asa in the 30 and 9th year of his reign was diseased in his feet and his, until his disease, disease was exceedingly great. Yet, it's exceedingly great. Yet in his disease, he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. All that time, he spent relying on the Lord. And all of a sudden, it went away. And even after being rebuked, oh, no, that's all right. I don't need the Lord. I'll go to the physicians. So we wind up at the end of King Asa's life. We find in the last years, he made wrong decisions. And even with his disease, he continued to make wrong decisions. And yet, remember at the beginning, he's considered what? And Asa did that which was good and right in the, in the eyes of the Lord. I'm not sure about you, but that gives me hope for the decisions I have made in my life. That God would still see those that are good and right. Asa went from doing right to now doing wrong. He went from asking God for help in his dilemma to asking the ungodly. God was his defense. Now a nation is his defense. It says the nations are but nothing to the Lord. Less than nothing. He went from making right decisions to making wrong decisions. So what's the conclusion, Dave? Dave, what's the whole point of this? You're standing up here. What's the application for us? Here's the point. God gives us a call to action. God gives us a call to action. You're in 2 Chronicles uh, 16. Look at verse 9. Verse 9 in 2 Chronicles 16. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Herein thou hast done foolishly. This is the prophet talking to Asa. Therefore, from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Think about that for a second. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. To do what? To show himself strong. On behalf of who? Us. On behalf of us, he's showing himself strong. That our hearts would be perfect to show himself strong on our behalf. We should desire to do good. You see, because our desire matters. Turn to Psalm 37. Our desire matters. In the beginning of this sermon, as you turn to Psalm 37, the beginning of, this, the, beginning of the sermon, I had mentioned King David, how the Bible reckons him as a man after God's own heart. And I'm not saying he gets a get-out-of-jail-free card, because we know he did some foolish things. But one thing he did is he desired to know God. He always went back to his God even after wrong decisions. So if our desire is somehow gone this morning, maybe it fizzled out. Maybe it's not the same desires that we had when we first got saved. Perhaps we can get them back. We can start here, trusting God. Psalm 37 is one of my favorite psalms. We should do right. Look at verse 3, Psalm 37. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in that land, and verily thou shalt be fed. 
Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee, don't miss it, the desires of thine heart. You say, okay, David, my desires are not happening fast enough. I want them to happen now. Look at verse 5. Commit thy, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall what? Bring it to pass. But David, they're still not happening. I see everybody else's desires happening. Not mine. Look at verse 7. Rest. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself of him who prospereth in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Don't rush. Don't make haste decisions. Verse 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any, any wise to do evil. Yes, David, but everyone else, you don't understand. They have their desires. They have their life. They have their careers. They're doing all these things. They're coming to pass. Look at verse 18. The Lord knoweth the day of the up, upright. He knows when your day is coming. And their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. And in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. And in the days of your, of your dilemmas, you're not, you shall be satisfied. God is our defense. Notice verse 20. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall, con they shall consume, and to smoke shall they consume away. Remember, God is with us. He gives us desires. He put desires in our heart. Verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. He keeps us from making wrong decisions. He helps us with that. Verse 24, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, David says, and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Isn't that a comfort? He's never seen the people of God begging bread. If you're saved this morning, he does not forget you. He is doing exactly what he wants in your life because he's a good father. Verse 37, mark the perfect man and behold the upright. For the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors, they shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. He is our defense. He is to be desired. He shows himself strong. Go to Luke chapter 22. We'll end here. Luke chapter 22. Matthew, Mark, Luke. <clears throat> this is Jesus in Luke chapter 22. Because desire matters to Jesus. Drop down to verse 15. This is Jesus speaking. God in the flesh is about to eat his last supper with his disciples. And listen to what he says in Luke 22, verse 15. And he said unto them, and he said unto them please don't miss this. Don't miss it. With desire, with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. With desire, I have desired to eat this Passover 
with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled, fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Think about that for a moment. We just celebrated the life, the, res, the right, life, death, and burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ last week. And he desired to do that. He desired to do that. He wanted that. He wanted to go to that cross. He wanted that to happen. He desired to eat the Passover with them. You know, he desires us to come to him. He desires us to pray to him. He desires us to ask of him so that he can show himself strong on our behalf. <clears throat> he wanted to have the cross to bring us unto himself. Where has the desire gone? Has it fizzled out? Maybe we need to recharge it again. The songs that we sang this morning, if you notice, they were, it's a desire to need him, to want him. Those are all songs about desiring God. You say, Dave, I lost my desire. How do I get it back? What is our desire? Has it gone away from the things of God? What will we do to make it right? Well, we can start right here. I think this verse is up. This verse is up here. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Perfect without sin? No. Nobody in here like that. But perfect towards him. Desiring him. That's perfect. That's what the, the word perfect meaning in the Bible is. It's not meaning sinless. The Bible says there is no, none without sin. Let's turn to the God who is just waiting to show himself strong on our behalf. Let's humble ourselves back to the God that saved us. And if you're not, if you're not saved this morning, let today be the day of salvation. Talk to someone, one of the elders or the deacons here this morning. Please don't leave here today without making that right. Let's get back the right desire, the right desire that helps us do right with God, the right desire that helps us in our dilemma, the right desire that allows us to keep our defense up, the right desire that keeps us from making wrong decisions. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to stand in front of this church, Lord, to speak your word. I pray, Lord, that most of all, that this sermon would have brought you honor, glory, and praise. And I pray, Lord, that this would have also edified this body of believers. Lord, please be, without, please be with us throughout this day. Please bring Pastor and his family safely back to us. We pray, Lord, for a desire. You are just waiting to show yourself strong. I think of Ephesians 3 and verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen.